All right, The Home Ranch by Ralph Moody, 1956, University of Nebraska Press, Chapter 24, called Four Flush. Lord God, you knit us together in our mother's womb. You made us for life on this earth. And as we delight in your goodness, Father, to pass down from one generation to the next the things that we've learned and thought about, um, I find great joy in that, Lord, knowing that not only am I a grandfather, but I have a father, I have a grandfather. Um, you've given us kids and grandkids. And in all these uh, lives, Father, you intend for your name to be made known, for us to teach and to train. And I pray that uh, even as I read this chapter, there will be things that cause us to think about your goodness to um, pass on to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. When Mr. Bachelor and I got back to the home ranch, we found Zeb and Sid sitting there ahead of us. They'd come in during the afternoon, both had missed the dust storm, and they'd had pretty good luck trading, but Sid wasn't happy. Trinidad had taken his guitar to the Chuck house at supper time. He was still there playing and singing when Mr. Bachelor and I went in to eat. I didn't like Trinidad any better than I had from the first minute I saw him, but he could really sing and play that guitar, and it was easy to see that Jenny liked to listen to him. Sid and I sat on the bunkhouse steps for a long time after the other men turned in, but Trinidad was still at the Chuck house, playing and singing to Jenny and Mrs. Bent. I tried to talk to Sid and tell him about the dust storm and the gloves I'd bought for Hazel, but I don't think he heard a word I said. He just sat, looking glum, until the moon rose. Then he got up and said, Might as leave turn in, I reckon. With the moon up, that coyote will probably howl all night. <laughs> It was lucky that Mr. Bachelet decided not to go all the way to Purgatory and that we got back to the home ranch Saturday night. Sunday noontime, when we were cutting out trail herds for the next trips, the station agent from Castle Rock rode in on a lathered horse. He brought a telegram saying that Mr. Mrs. Bachelet was very sick and that Mr. Bachelet had to get to Littleton as fast as he could. The agent had wired to have the 1 o'clock Santa Fe Express stop at the monument and have, had nearly run his horse to death so Mr. Batchelet would have time to make it. I'd seen men catch a fresh horse and change saddles fast, but I never saw one do it as fast as Mr. Batchelet did that Sunday. We could all see that he was worried and scared, but he didn't lose his head a bit. As he cinched his saddle on the starlight, he called out to Mr. Bent, Send Sid into the west end of the Arkansas Valley. Let Zeb work between the springs and Pueblo. If I ain't back by Tuesday noon, turn my herd back to grass. I'll get word to you. Then he flipped into his saddle and raced away to the east. Maybe it was Mrs. Batchelet's being sick or Trinidad singing, but everybody seemed touchy and irritable that Sunday afternoon. Twice, Sid and Trinidad ran their horses together when they were taking away the trade cattle that Clay and I were uh, cut from the big herd. Even Zeb lost his temper. He told Hank to shut up when he was yelling at me for being slow and cutting out a steer. After dinner, Hazel and I rode out to the secret spring, but she was just as ornery as the men. She said she liked the gloves I'd brought her and that they were beautiful, but two minutes later, she called me a fool for spending every cent I had and going broke. I'd had, a, I'd had about all the riding I wanted in the last couple of weeks and would have liked to stay at the spring and rest a little while, but Hazel couldn't sit still a minute. She wanted me to ride back and ask her father if we could practice a somersault trick. Then, when he said we couldn't, she got peeved, but at me instead of him, and went to the house, where Trinidad was playing his guitar and singing for Jenny and the other girls. 
<laughs> when I went back to the bunkhouse, Sid was mooning around like a sick calf, and he kept up all afternoon. He wouldn't talk, and three different times he got his pieces of leather out to work on, but he'd only fiddle with them a few minutes and put them back in his war sack. But he must have found a chance to talk to Jenny before the rest of us went to the Chuck house for supper. Anyways, he waited at the kitchen door after we'd eaten, and when the dishes were done, Jenny came out and went for a walk with him. I tried to write a letter to Mother after supper, but all I could think of was our trip, and I knew she'd worry if I told her about that. I spoiled two or three pieces of paper, but with all the men sitting around glum and working on their gear, I couldn't write anything worth mailing, so I gave it up and turned in early. I think I drowsed off once or twice before I heard Sid coming to the bunkhouse whistling like a metal lark. A minute later, I thought we were going to have a free-for-all fight. Sid was hardly through the bunkhouse doorway when Trinidad looked up from the bridle he was polishing and told him, Stay away from the little heifer, redhead. I'm running my brand on her. Sid was as feisty as a little terrier and yipped right back, You're working with a cold iron, big boy. I don't reckon you'll brand, your brand will take. Trinidad's voice had sounded real mean when he told Sid to stay away from Jenny, but except for looking up, he hadn't made a move. He came up like a wild stallion when Sid answered him. Before I could do any more than catch my breath, he leaped at to his feet and swung the bridle with his heavy bit above his head. It would have caught Sid right across the face if Zeb hadn't grabbed it midair. Trinidad whirled at him with a fist drawn back and hissed, Stay out of this, old man. When Zeb grabbed the bridle, it jerked out of Trinidad's hand and dropped to the floor. As Trinidad whirled toward him, Zeb didn't say a word or make a quick move, but just stood there crouched a bit, and with his arms hanging loose at his sides. Before Trinidad could make a move, Tom and Ned grabbed his arms and pulled them behind him. He kicked and tried to jerk away for a minute, then stuck out his jaw at Sid and rasped slowly, You heard me! I won't be telling you again, redhead! I don't think Sid weighed more than half as much as Trinidad, but he didn't scare worth a dime. He set himself with his fists up and his chin tucked in behind his left shoulder. Turn him loose! He told Tom and Ned, he's got a four flush and he's yellow to the liver. Trinidad made a few more jerks, as if he were trying to pull away. But it seemed, didn't seem to me he was trying very hard. And when told, Tom told him to, he'd break his arm if he didn't behave, he just said, All right, all right, I know when I'm being dealt to out, to out, I know when I'm being dealt to out of a stacked hand or stacked, stacked deck. Next time I'll play with my own cards. Then, when they let him go, he went back to polishing his bridle. I was up before dawn to help Sid and Zeb get away on their trips. Until Sid left, he and Trinidad walked around stiff-legged. The way dogs do, and neither of them quite dares to fight, but both want to look as if they did. Jenny didn't come to the Chuck house at breakfast, and I think Mr. Bent knew there'd been trouble. He always managed to be around when Sid and Tr Trinidad were near each other. Mr. Bachelor came back to the home ranch sometime Monday night. I didn't hear him when he came into the bunkhouse, but when I woke up at dawn Tuesday, he was dressing. The first thing I asked him was how Mrs. Bachelet was. Out of danger, he told me. Out of danger, but not too good. Had Doc Chrysler worried Sunday morning. Your ma's going to look after her for the next few days. Told her you was doing fine, but I didn't say nothing about the dust storm. Reckoned you could tell her if you had a mind to. I was going to write Sunday, I told him, and as I pulled on my overalls, but I was afraid she might worry. Will we get away early this morning? Mr. Bassett nodded and said, Reckon I'll be taking Tom along. 
Not that you didn't do as good as any man could, but I aim to work close with Pueb- around Pueblo for the next couple of weeks. Got to be where Doc can get word to me in a hurry. Aim to sleep in town and leave Tom with the herd nights. Watt's got plenty for you to do right here on the home ranch. Calves ain't been fetched in for three weeks. Lot of cutting and sorting to be done. And that's the end of our chapter. I love you.